Local airports play a role as significant drivers and facilitators of regional economies. While many of them simply contain grass runways or a single hangar, they still provide an invaluable service with measurable outcomes. And in some communities, like Wausau, the local airport is enmeshed in the local culture. It offers educational opportunities for children and adults, and it's a gateway for business leaders coming to the region. Welcome to Route 51. I'm Shereen Seward. Today, we examine the impact of municipal airports, dozens of which are located in neighborhoods throughout Wisconsin. Our guest is John Schmiel. He's a pilot and a flight instructor and also the manager of the Wausau Downtown Airport. John, welcome. Thank you for having me. This is going to be a great opportunity to, to spread the gospel of aviation. And as long as I've known you, you have been very passionate about aviation and have worked really hard to make the Wausau Downtown Airport really a part of the community. Talk about the, the your personal history with aviation. I mean, how did you get involved in it? Well, um, when I I was born in Germany, my father was in the Air Force at that time. And I've got this little picture of my mom holding a model airplane that she's about to launch for my father. And she's got to be nine months pregnant when she's doing this. So I kind of got the aviation disease when I was in the womb. <laughs> and um, My first recollection of being a human on earth was me kneeling next to my bed, which had a green bed sheet. And I had a shoebox with an opening on the side and a bunch of plastic airplanes. And I was playing airport. Oh. And um, my mom always said that my first word was airplane. And I'm one of those lucky people in life where I've always known exactly what I wanted to do. And uh, it went from that human that discovered they liked airplanes right to the Wassa airport uh, managing the airport and managing a flying service. And I've just been really blessed to be able to do what I'm passionate about. I mean, there's a lot of steps in between. And, uh, you know, I thought I was going to go to college to be an aerospace engineer, but was absolutely miserable there. So I quit before that was over. And then I moved to Rhinelander. And uh, I had worked at airports all through uh, high school and in the summers. And when I moved to Rhinelander, I got a job at the airport and that's where I got all my experience and all of my pilot certificates and ratings and tried to groom myself for the opportunity, which eventually came uh, to Angela and I here in Wausau. So, um, and that was back in 92. Yes. Yeah, so you've been here in Wausau for quite a few years. I know. That'll be 32 years in October. Wow. Okay. So t talk about the process of becoming a pilot. You said you get all your certifications when you were in Rhinelander. How long does that take and what does it all entail? Well, you know, when you, decide that you're going to be a pilot, you have to decide what kind of pilot you're going to be. You know, there's a lot of people who just want to fly and, and have fun. And there's three different certificates available to them. There's a sport pilot certificate, the recreational pilot certificate, and the private pilot certificate. And most small airports across the nation offer flight instruction for those certificates. Now, if you decide that you're going to want to go become a commercial pilot someday, then you need to immediately pursue the private pilot certificate. And then, uh, you know, there's a certain course uh, of action and, and pathway to becoming an airline pilot, which typically means that you would get your instrument rating next, your commercial certificate, um, and then eventually your flight instructor certificate. 
there's also you have to get a rating for being able to fly a multi-engine airplane uh, and and gain experience. So you can do all of those at your local airport if your airport's equipped for that. Like at Wasa, we have been taking people all the way from private instrument commercial through their flight instructor certificate. They'll have to go off to other airports to get their um, say their um, uh, their complex sign off and their multi-engine sign off. But most of the training they can do right here in Wausau. Now, what a lot of people, what a lot of kids in high school when they decide they're going to become a pilot, they'll pursue typically a collegiate program like Fox Valley over in Oshkosh has a collegiate program. Uh, there's one in Mankato. There's a whole bunch of them across the United States. And so those collegiate programs can not only get them all their pilot certificates and ratings, but they can also get them a degree at the same time. Um, before the pilot shortage occurred, you probably wouldn't have much of a chance getting a job with the airlines unless you had a bachelor degree. But uh, the pilot shortage, which uh, started about 10 years ago and is very real, um, now the requirements for your background in education are being relaxed because they just need some pilots now. So it's made anybody with the flight school very busy. We, our, our flying for training was up 45% in 2023 over the previous year. And the previous year was the best year we'd had in 30 years. So we see flight training as just uh, getting busier and busier and busier. And it's, it's one of the ways that we serve our community because there's a lot of people from Wausau who want to get into the aviation industry. And uh, so that, that's one of the ways that we do it. Um, we also partnered with the Wausau School District to do a program called Aviation 101 that's done through the WAVE program. And the Aviation 101 is not exclusive to Wausau. So if you are from the D.C. Everest School District or the Mosinee School District or Merrill, Amherst, any school district in Wisconsin can join the Aviation 101 program as long as the students are able to attend their simulator sessions here at the Wassa Airport with one of our flight instructors. So there's actually two aspects to the Aviation 101 program. The first one is trying to prepare you for the knowledge exam, which is one of the tests you'll have to take to get your private pilot certificate. And that, that part of the class is gonna get you about 60% of the way there. And that's an online course. And then the other part of it is the, um, the kids can, well, they're expected to come to the Wasa Airport as part of the program. And then they sit down with a partner from Aviation 101 and a flight instructor from Wausau Flying Service. And we have a syllabus where we try to teach them as much about flying an airplane on our FAA approved flight simulator so that when they do get into an airplane, they know how it works and it reduces the amount of training time. Um, that's what makes our Aviation 101 program unique from other aviation programs in high schools is that we're actually making the attempt to give the students some hands-on experience so that their the cost of training to get their private pilot certificate is dramatically reduced. And what we're finding is students that go through the program and apply themselves, 
typically earn their certificate in about 10 hours less time than the students that don't go through that program. Um, and being a parent and being a parent who has a child who's a young, who's adult now, but right. he wanted to be a pilot. I'm aware of the expenses that um, are associated with flight training. So um, that was our intent was to reduce the cost to parents. E either way, um, it's going to be cheaper to get your private pilot certificate in Wausau and then go on to a collegiate program if that's what you want to do. Um, we've actually partnered with Fox Valley. So you get uh, credit at Fox Valley for the Aviation 101 program. So you're not only uh, earning high school credit, but you're earning shared credit at Fox Valley as well. Wow, that's a very cool program. How many kids have gone through it? I mean, are we talking about a handful of kids? So I think we're on our fifth year now. Um, this year, we've got 15 kids. Last year, we had 12. The year before that, we had 10. So we're just kind of growing it. And we have a limited amount of uh, funding for, uh, so the school district pays for the, the WAVE and online course part of it. And then uh, we have um, local uh, donations pay for the simulator training part. It costs about $750 per student to go through the simulator training. And, uh, you know, we, we, a couple of years ago, we received a, a grant from the Lewitsky Foundation, which had a huge impact on the program. And they agreed to fund the program for up to 20 students for the next three years. So um, that's been really great. Wow. Uh, what an opportunity for these kids. Uh, it's fantastic. I, I think that, um, and we have been drawing from all over the area, not just Wausau. Um, you know, I'd I mentioned the D.C. Everest School District, Mosinee School District. Um, we've had people from Marathon. I mean, all the communities probably within a 50-mile radius, um, we've, we've had kids participate from there. So it's, re it's really cool to see. And the other thing is, is that a lot of the kids uh, are not kind of going, hey, this looks like fun. Let's do this. Um, they've predetermined that uh, – they want to be a pilot and typically they make those decisions about the time they're a sophomore in high school. So it's nice to see, it's nice to get those kids who are focused and really want to pursue the opportunity uh, rather than the ones that are just like, Hey, this is kind of fun. Um, mm -hmm. Aviation is fun. There's no doubt about it, but um, it's a lot easier if you have a passion for pursuing. How did you come up with this idea? I mean, clearly you, you identify that there's an issue with, a pilot shortage, right? But how did you design this? Did you look to another program or is it just something you dreamed up? Well, Angel and I have run the company for over, you know, we're getting to our 32nd year now. And we were always looking for ways to be able to connect with the community. And um, one of the areas that we knew we could grow our business was to create a flight school. Um, and we had always hoped that we would hook up with either North Central Technical College or the high school. But in those days, this was an early dream of ours. But in those days, the only way you could do that is with a brick and mortar class. And um, so technology has actually allowed us to be able to do this now. Because, um, well, I'll tell you a little story and go off on a little tangent. Uh, we had some pilots that were working for us that 
and, and we've always been good at retaining our employees. And one of the things that we do for the community is we provide pilot services. And I'll get into that later. But those two pilots in close succession decided that they would move on to other opportunities. And it put it really put us into a spot. So we started looking for pilots. And that's when we realized just how bad the pilot shortage was. And so um, we did eventually solve that problem. But what it told me was, uh, if we're really going to get good employees like we've always had in the past, our best employees were ones that we had hired when they were in high school and kind of moved through our program and moved up through it. Those two pilots that had worked for us had one had worked for us, I believe, for 17 years and the other one for 11 years. Mm-hmm. So that they're in, in this industry, that's unheard of. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the kind of employee that we wanted. We wanted a homegrown employee. And so we figured if we were going to do that, we had to create a flight school that would create our pilots for us. And we couldn't, and, and we looked at it like we were tired of, of going to high school students and saying, hey, do you want to be a pilot? What we realized is, is that we had to get kids that had an interest in aviation way earlier than that. And so, um, you know, as you know, you live in the Southeast side neighborhood. We've got the park by the airport that was designed to attract grade school kids and plant the seed of aviation in them. Okay. And then we created a a program called model airplane night, which we did for a few years. And that was to try to get the middle school students involved and, and continue them in aviation. And then we've got uh, the EAA chapter here at the airport, which organized, uh, uh, Learn, Build, Fly, which is an organization that teaches youth about aviation and aviation opportunities through the, av- uh, through the fabrication of real airplanes. And that was designed for all ages. But, um, you know, to do the fabricating, most of those were high school students. And then, of course, uh, we've got Aviation 101. So the idea was like a feeder program similar to hockey. You know, you get, you get kids in at the might level mini mite level mites and they go up through the program we knew we had to plant those seeds early and that's how we got aviation 101 going and it's really been a blessing to us because uh um almost a lot of the flight instructors that we have now were results of going through those programs that's incredible yeah and 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 we've hired those people as we've grown our pilot services program too so it kind of we had to do it Mm -hmm. uh because we knew that if we lost pilots, first of all, if we hired from outside, it was going to be difficult to keep those pilots here because the grass is always greener, right? Mm-hmm. So we we would hire and train a pilot and then lose them about the time we all got used to each other. Because yeah. that's the thing about pilots. They're always looking for the next big thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we can only take people so far. But when you, when you home grow your people... Uh, they've got more dedication, they've got more loyalty, and they'll stick around. And, and that's, you know, if you look at our community, we're trying to retain youth within our community, it's our greatest commodity. And I've always been against sending our students out of state to do things. Um, I want to keep them right here. So um, that's kind of the goal behind it. too. 
Very innovative. John Schmiel, Wasa Downtown Airport Manager, is our guest today on Route 51. We're discussing community airports in Wisconsin, and we'll continue that discussion in just a moment. I'm Shireen Seward. This is Route 51 on Wisconsin Public Radio. back on Route 51 on Wisconsin Public Radio. I'm Shereen Seward along with our guest John Schmiel, a pilot, flight instructor, and manager of the Wausau Downtown Airport. John, talk about the aviation airport categories and the difference between commercial service airports and general aviation airports. How are they all classified? So that's something that the FAA and the Wisconsin Bureau of Aeronautics really does. Um, Obviously, if you have an airline airport, it's considered uh, an air carrier airport. So Central Wisconsin Airport, Rhinelander Airport, anywhere that an airline is flying into is considered an air carrier airport. What's cool about those airports is, is that they operate under a certain set of rules called Part 139, which means that they have to have certain services in order to be able to uh, provide airline service at that airport. And, but they also earn their money to be able to support that airport financially through other sources and say an airport like Wausau. So they make a certain amount of money from their passenger employments and parking, what they part, uh, charge for parking fees, that sort of thing. Those things are not available to general aviation airports like Wausau. Also, you'll have, uh, you know, um, so, so not every airport has airlines, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean that your the airport without airlines isn't a real airport. That's that's a difficult thing for me. What what we do in our business because I, what I tell people is we do everything but the airlines. Okay, mm -hmm. so we teach people how to fly. Um, we provide the services for aircraft owners and local pilots. Um, we do pilot services on aircraft that are based here. And what pilot services is is a company who does a lot of flying across the United States for business purposes may have access to an airplane and they'll need a crew to fly that airplane. So my company provides the crew for that airplane. And we actually have two turboprops and two jets that are based at the airport that we um, fly for local companies who do a lot of traveling. Um, so even though it might not be a hundred passenger airliner jet, uh, the people that are coming in and out of the Wausau airport are providing an economic impact to the community. Okay. So our local companies might go someplace to do a deal that will impact their ability to do business and make money for the community. The flip side is people might be visiting Wausau to do business with our local companies uh, that help our local community or help that other community. So it's it, you need to look at an airport uh, like you look at the off-ramp on, say, I-39, okay? You know, you drive up and down I-39 all the time going down to Madison. And the areas that are economically impacted by that highway have an off-ramp that allow you to be able to visit those communities. There could be a town right next to the highway, but if there's no off-ramp there, it's going to be difficult for you to do business there. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. That's why you'll see there's always gas stations, hotels, restaurants right near off ramps because they're trying to be the first ones that those cars meet when they get off the highway. It's the same thing with an airport. Um, you'll find if airports are ever built in the country, uh, all of a sudden there'll be a whole bunch of businesses and such that start to be developed around that airport because they want to be the first ones that those people see when they come off that aerial off ramp. So that's what's cool about Wausau is that our off ramp is right in the center of our Wausau metro area. So if you're a business in Wausau, we're probably the most convenient airport for your company to use either to fly out or to fly in and visit your company. Um, Air travel is all about time. Mm -hmm. It's and and a lot of times, you know, you, you know, there, there are people that characterize uh, business jets and 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 uh, corporate aircraft as for those rich people, you know, swimming right, the champagne. Right. Okay, but the fact of the matter is, is that the people flying on those airplanes are movers and shakers, and they get paid a lot of money to do what they do. And do you want that person to be able to go visit a company in one day and come home the same day and start working again? Or do you want them to do that on the airlines when that could take two or maybe even three days to do? So that whole time that that, that employee is traveling, they can't do work. Mm -hmm. And so it makes them less efficient, but you're paying them the same amount no matter what. So it makes it more efficient for the company to use that person that they're paying a lot of money to get things done. Also, what our kind of aviation does is it allows people to travel to multiple destinations in one day. Um, and that's something you can't do on the airlines. Uh, and of course, car travel, that's a whole new ballgame. I mean, mm -hmm. if you want to do business in Chicago, sure, you can drive five hours down there and five hours back. And, you know, for a one or two hour meeting, but that makes a 12 hour day. And you've only done two hours worth of work, mm -hmm. you know, so um, those time are the is money. Time is money. Exactly. Time is money. So um, and then and then availability. I mean, think about it this way. If you would go back to the 1900s and you would look at the size of Wausau and you would look at, say, Marathon City and you would look at. Merrill or any other community in the area. And then you were to look at those communities today. The ones with airports, I guarantee, are bigger than the ones without airports. And that's because it's easier to do business in those places. Even though our airplanes are smaller coming in and out of Wausau, it doesn't mean that the people inside those airplanes aren't having a big impact on the community. So it sounds like there's... Um significant benefits for the business guy uh, or 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 woman who is flying a small plane and landing in Wausau instead of in Mosny in, instead of a larger airport. For sure. Absolutely. So um, take, for instance, if you need to do business in Chicago, you're not going to fly into Milwaukee because it's cheaper and then drive to Chicago. Mm -hmm. You're going to go straight to Chicago, get the job done, and get out of there. So when people are doing business in Wausau, if they have the kind of airplane that can bring them to Wausau, then they're going to want to come to Wausau because the travel time to wherever they're visiting is less than if they went into a different airport 
around here. Now, um, the problem that Wausau has is, is we don't have a control tower like Seaway does. And so that makes people who don't understand how the system works think that an airplane that may be coming to visit them, you know, doesn't have the same access to Wausau as say it may have at Central Wisconsin Airport. And so uh, I think there's a, you know, when you have a company visiting you, you should ask them if their airplane is capable of landing at Wausau because we have been supporting jet traffic for 32 years and will continue into the future. It's a large part of what keeps us in business. Um, and I think sometimes there's jets that go to other airports that wouldn't need to because mm -hmm. they are visiting Wausau. And, and, uh, is, it the, is it the jet or the, or the pilot's capability that really matters the most when it comes to landing at an airport that does not have a control tower? So I can tell you that um, most corporate jets, even the very big ones, require a, a little over 5,000 feet to land on a runway, okay? And we have 5,200 feet at Wausau. Now, what could change that is if there was snow or ice or something like that. Now, of course, those airports are gonna wanna, or I'm sorry, those aircraft are gonna wanna go into an airport with a larger runway because they could be impacted by the braking action on the runway. But we've also solved that problem at Wausau too. I mean, we've got uh, a dedicated front end loader for snow removal with a plow. We have a broom and we have a snowblower. So most of the time, uh, and, and because we have two, well, we actually have three jets and four, or I'm sorry, four jets and four turboprop aircraft that are based at the Wausau airport. And they rely on us to be able to fly in and out of here when they need to. So all of our snow operations are coordinated to be able to facilitate aircraft coming in and out of the airport on their schedule. Mm -hmm. So it's very rare that if we know an airplane is coming into Wausau, that we can't accommodate them with the best braking action possible. So how big a jet um, can you handle in, in Wausau? And, and, and also, how, how often are these um, business planes taking off and landing in Wausau? Is it daily, weekly, monthly? So um, I can tell you that the aircraft that we uh, provide pilot services on, we have two, sometimes three airplanes uh, arriving and departing a day from those pilot services, from those turboprop airplanes. And that's just those airplanes. I mean, the other people who own turboprops and jets are also leaving and coming back on a regular basis. But and also because of our, our flight training program, I mean, we have to have the airport for that too. Uh, uh, ready to go. So right now we, we estimate that we're doing about 30,000 operations a year. So an operation would be defined as a takeoff and a landing. Okay. So that's about how much traffic we, we're, we're getting. So even though we don't have airlines, uh, we're doing a lot of business. Mm -hmm. How, how many local airports roughly like yours are, are in Wisconsin? Do you know? There's 97 airports in the state airport system. Out of those 97, 30 of them are privately owned. I'm sorry, 30 privately owned public use airports. There are 290 private airports. Wow. That that's somebody who has put a runway on their property and they're probably the only ones that use it. That's so um, interesting. There are 
There are 109 uh, heliports in the state, and there are 16 seaplane bases, and Wausau actually has one of them, although it's rarely used. Um, but we're one of the 97 um, public use airports where uh, a local government is the owner of the airport. So, of course, the city of Wausau owns the Wausau downtown airport. How, how are operations funded then? How does that work for Wausau? Okay, this is the beauty of aviation. Um, you know, obviously we have expenditures and we have revenues. And um, those, I think in my 32 years, revenues have only exceeded expenditures once. But the difference has typically been the cost of a pickup truck. Okay. okay. Um, I'd say on average, that's what it is. Now, with that in mind, that's not taking into consideration the economic impact that the airport has on the community, which is millions of dollars annually. Um, but also, it doesn't include the revenue that is produced by the private hangars that are on leased land on the airport. Okay, so if you have somebody who's really dedicated to their use of aircraft, they're going to want to build a hangar that serves their needs. And so they'll lease a piece of the property on the airport to put their hangar on. And they pay uh, a lease annually for that space. So let's say it's a 100 by 100 hangar. That'd be a 10,000 square foot hangar. They would pay about $1,200 a year to have that hangar on airport property. But where the city really comes out ahead is that the owner of that hangar pays uh, real estate tax. On Property that taxes. Okay. Okay. So, um, and that's probably been the Wassa Airport's greatest uh, area of growth for revenue income is that we've had so many privately owned hangars constructed on airport property uh, in the last 30 years. And that revenue that's generated by that is not shown as a revenue source on the revenue budget side mm. of the operating budget. It goes into the general fund. But there is a note typically on there that lets us know. So it helps close the gap or reduce the cost of that annual pickup truck, so to speak. Sure. How do you explain that to people in simple terms? Because boy, as long as I've been living here, I've heard people on both sides who, who are like, the airport is just a playground for the rich. I mean, <laughs> you've heard it too. But how do you how do you persuade people that you're you know you're not maybe seeing the whole picture? Well, okay, so um, there are local companies that use aircraft, and I hesitate to mention any of them because there's a lot of uh, politicians that have really um, made it politically incorrect to use aviation to grow your business. But I can tell you that these companies employ thousands of people in our community. So when those companies do big deals, that means that those people will continue to be employed and they're at good paying jobs, okay? So even though you may hate flying uh, and you may not ever personally step foot on the airport, it doesn't mean that the airport is not having a positive impact on you, okay? Because your employer may be using that airport or somebody who's visiting your employer may, uh, may be impacting you. 
the restaurants are impacted by the airport, the hotels are impacted by the airport, the rental car agencies, the taxi services, the hospital is impacted by the airport. We probably do daily, we do business with aircraft that are supporting both hospitals in the Wausau Metro community. So um, it's really important to emergency response. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think, and you never know when you're gonna be that person that needs that helicopter or that aircraft. Mm -hmm. um, the airport is also used when there are organ procurements because time is of the essence. And this airport is closest to this hospital. So when they're transporting organs, they need to get that organ to its destination as quickly as possible. Another 20 minutes can be the difference. And so that's why having an airport in your community is important. You're hearing John Schmiel. He is uh, the Wausau Downtown Airport Manager, our guest today on Route 51. We're discussing community airports in Wisconsin and their impact, and we will continue that discussion in just a moment. I'm Shereen Seward. This is Route 51 on Wisconsin Public Radio. We're back on Route 51. I'm Shereen Seward. Pilot, flight instructor, and Wausau Downtown Airport Manager John Schmiel stays with us for discussion on regional airports and state on Wisconsin Public Radio. John, is it super expensive to get involved in, in aviation? Is this something that, that only wealthy people can afford? I think that super expensive is a relative term. So, you know, one of the great things about America is we get to do the things that we love to do. And uh, not all of that stuff that we love to do is inexpensive. I mean, if you're uh, if you like snowmobiling, um, you have to buy the snowmobile. And especially this year, you got to be able to go someplace to be able to do the snowmobiling. Um, it costs for that equipment, not just the snowmobile, but the trailer and the vehicle that can haul it. It costs the hotel rooms and the restaurants and that sort of thing. So if you look at what you spend on snowmobiling and you compare it to aviation, probably isn't much of a difference. If you like going up north for the weekend, uh, if you go up there enough, you might say, hey, I want my own property up there. And there's costs associated with that. You know, if you're a bean counter, you can try to justify that to yourself. Um, and, and I don't think anybody should have to justify how they spend their money for a quality of life, okay? And, and I think that's really what aviation comes down to is it's a quality of life issue for people who participate in it. And when you love to fly, you figure out how to spend your money differently so that you can go flying when you want to fly. So we have people from all walks of life. We have, we've had high school kids that pay for it themselves. Uh, we've had, uh, you know, scholarship winners that learn to fly that way. Um, we've got the blue collar factory guy that's always wanted to do it. We've got the retired guy. Um, you name it. <laughs> and lately, by the way, Aviation 101, the last two years has been 50% women, too. So it's not just guys that want to learn how to fly. Now, I think that's one of the cool things lately in aviation is that it is really starting to even out um, that we are having 
you know, all, all people from all walks of life participating in aviation. Um, and I hope that continues that way. Uh, so sure, there's, uh, it is a rich man's playground, but it's also the blue collar guys playground. And um, there's a lot of ways to participate in aviation that don't necessarily require you spending a lot of money. One of those ways is the organization called Learn, Build, Fly here on the airport. And they meet on Tuesdays and Sundays, and they just have so many programs to teach you about aviation, get involved in aviation. They sometimes have 70 people showing up at these uh, meetings that they have, and they're from all ages and all backgrounds. And they're teaching you how airplanes fly. They're teaching you how to weld. They're teaching you how to do sheet metal work, how to do fabric work. They're building real airplanes. Um, they've got the equipment that has been um, donated by local companies uh, is state-of-the-art equipment, laser cutters, and um, you name it, they got it over there. Um, and anybody can participate. So, uh, and it doesn't cost money to join Learn, Build, Fly and go it's there free. every Tuesday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. So um, that part's great. Uh, hey, we got a we got a park here right next to the airport. Mm -hmm. You know, if your kids love airplanes, bring them on over to the park because there's education stations in that park that teach you about the history of aviation in Wausau, that sort of thing. Um, that park is so cool. How to talk a little bit about how that whole thing evolved? I mean, it was just a park, and now it's an airport park. I mean, it's really uh, an airport enthusiast park. Yeah, so it's kind of. Uh, it's kind of a, it really is a cool story because, you know, Angela and I have been uh, really dedicated to the Wasa community and the Wasa airport. And so we're always looking for ways to connect with the community. And, and um, I'm certainly not going to take, uh, I'll take a minuscule amount of credit for what happened in that park. Uh, and really the people that drove it and made it happen was a Southeast side neighborhood group. But I remember dreaming about what that park could be because it had nothing to do with aviation before this. And then what happened, you know, and I, but I had a, an idea in my head of how it could be. And then I remember we were a few years back, we were really trying to connect with our neighborhood and we invited them to come out to the airport and have their meetings here. And we wanted them to see the airport and we wanted to let them know that this, that we were, we weren't an airport, uh, you know, they weren't a neighborhood that was next to the airport. We were an airport that was in our neighborhood, that we were all neighbors. And as we got to know everybody and we had the opportunity to show them how the airport worked and how it impacted them and keep them informed on airport issues, one day they came, the leaders came to me and said, hey, you know, uh, we'd really like to see something done with that park over there. What do you think about, uh, you know, it being an aviation themed airport? And I'm like, huh, that's yeah. great. <laughs> so, uh, and, and so that's, um, you know, we were we were blessed to be able to have input on that on that park, and technically that that park isn't actually a park owned by uh, the park system. It's actually a park that is operated by the park system, but it's on airport property. So, and then what was really cool about that whole thing was how the community came together because we did have a 
a big dream of what we what it eventually became but that was not a inexpensive dream and so it really united the community behind the park to figure out ways to raise funds uh the alexander foundations both of them uh you know really participated financially in that and what was really cool about that is a lot of people don't know that the original name of the airport was alexander airport and the reason it was called alexander airport was because um the Alexander family was the one that made the airport what it is today. They, uh, they acquired the property, leased the land, and then they eventually bought the land and uh, gave it to the city of Wausau to be an airport. So the airport in the early days was named in honor of them. And so for them to participate on this park was awesome because we wanted to name the, uh, the park Alexander Airport Park because we felt it was important that they be continually recognized in our community for the contribution that they made. And uh, so there were just so many private donations, foundation donations that made that happen. And it all happened. It was literally almost a, a divine in nature because it seemed like every time we wanted to do something, a week later, there was a solution. Uh, take, for instance, the the jet, the Corsair jet that's there, you know, that used to be the VFW's jet. And when we were initially talking about how this whole thing was going to work, everybody's like, we got to get a real airplane in that. We got to get a real airplane in that park. And we're like, where are we going to find an airplane? And like <laughs> a week later, uh, VFW uh, um, contacted uh, one of the leaders and that leader got a hold of me and they were like, yeah, we're looking to get rid of our airplane. You think you guys want it? We're like, are you kidding me? That's you know? crazy. And, and then when we were trying to figure out how to get the airplane up here, I was having a conversation at the airport. And one of the guys that I was having the, uh, that was in listening to the conversation was a guy from the national guard who was a mechanic. And he's like, well, we can get that airplane up there for you. It'll be a great recovery exercise for the National Guard. So that's how we ended up getting it up to the airport. And just every scene, everything that happened in the park seemed to happen like that. I mean, those are just two examples of how divinely that whole thing came together in the very short period of time that the money was raised so that we could do that. And um, it's one of the proudest moments that I've had since moving to Wausau. There was a lot of enthusiasm for that park, still is. And and it's funny because you talk about there's a pilot shortage. And and on the other hand, there's so much interest in aviation. You can, I mean, you only have to look at the EAA convention every year in Oshkosh to see how much people love to experience the whole aviation thing. Yeah, it's, it's the aviation lifestyle for a lot of people. It's not just a profession or... Or something like that. People just live it. That's why there's so many hangers here. A friend of mine says his hangar is really his cottage up north. He didn't get a cottage up north because he wanted to have a hangar at the airport. So it's an example of setting priorities. But uh, Oshkosh, EAA, and Air Venture is the greatest uh, recruiting tool that aviation has, and especially in Wisconsin. I mean, the economic impact of Oshkosh on our state is mind-boggling. And it, it has a huge impact on Wausau because one of the events that we have the weekend before that is the Air Venture Cup race. And uh, that's a cross-country race that's been coming to Wausau 
uh, for the last, I want to say, might be eight, it's either eight or 10 years. My memory's not so good now that I'm 58. But <laughs> um, anyway, in the last three years, it's been a round robin race. So we've had close to 80 airplanes from Friday through Sunday, the weekend before Oshkosh, that stay in our community, go to our restaurants, stay in our hotels, rent our cars, buy our fuel at the Wausau Airport. And it's a cross-country race that starts in Wausau, goes up through the UP, and comes back down to Wausau. And these airplanes that participate in the, ra in the race are the real thing. They're hot rods. So if you've never come out and seen airplanes uh, that do that sort of thing, it's a free event. The public can come out and check it out. But um, it's really cool. And, of course, if it wasn't for EAA and Oshkosh, we wouldn't have the Air Venture Cup race. Yeah, it is such a cool event every year. You guys do a lot of other things too. Um, you know, you've had multiple community events throughout the years that I can remember. I remember having, you know, going to dances in the hang in the airport, and um, and then there's uh the Wings Over Wausau event that just is a newer event. Talk about that a little bit. Well, you know, uh, we had the balloon rally for all those years, and it just got gigantic. And then they they chose a different location, um. And so Wasa Area Events wanted to uh, have an event that eventually would become the same size as the balloon rally here at the Wasa Airport. And obviously, because it's an airport, an air show is the way to go. And uh, this year will be our third year doing the event. And um, I'll tell you, it's it's really cool. Uh, when when I first started here, I was involved in fly-ins, and we had we did organize an air show early in our tenure here at Wausau, I think it was uh, 93 or 94. And oh my goodness, it was a ton of work. Uh, so it wasn't really something that we felt we had the capability of doing it again, unless we had a bunch of volunteers. So when Wausau Air Events came to us and said, hey, we want to do an air show, I was like, oh, that's great. You guys are going to do all the work. Let's do it. <laughs> so, uh, and they do do all the work. That's and they haven't, uh, they haven't let us down. The acts that are at that air show are world-class event um, performers. Uh, we've had the Aeroshell team. We've had the number one single act. Uh, and this year we're having the Golden Knights from the United States Army. I mean, every year, it's like the balloon rally. Every year it got a little better and a little better. So uh, I'm really excited to see what happens this year. And I'm really proud that we get to do that at the Wausau Airport because not a lot of airports in Wisconsin have air shows, but we do. And yeah. it brings people in from all around to our community to experience it. So it's going to happen on uh, June 22nd and 23rd. Just a couple minutes left in our time together. And I guess I want to, I want to know what it's like to, for you as a pilot, what, the first time you, you were ever in a plane, what did it feel like to you? I mean, what, what is that? Okay, so I remember my father was a pilot and a mechanic, and we would go fly after he got off of work. And at that time, he lived in Merrill. And my grandma's and grandpa's house was right off the end of the runway there. And uh, I remember being in a J3 Cub. And everybody knows a Piper Cub, right? It's mm -hmm. a little two-place airplane. And in that airplane, you can actually fly with the window and the door open. And um, so we had the window and the door open and we were coming in for landing 
And I still have that picture in my head all these years later. I was probably five years old. I can tell you exactly what it looked like because we came right over my grandma and grandpa's house and came in for uh, you know a, a, a feather-like landing. My dad's a great pilot, taught me everything I know. And uh, I just remember being done with that. And whenever I went flying with my dad, it was the highlight, not only of the day, the week, whatever, but I have all these vivid memories that I that I did with flying with my dad. Uh, the first time I was in a loop, uh, the first time I took the controls, um, they're all just tattooed in my brain. But every time I remember getting in the car to drive home and I felt like life was going in slow motion. That, that's how much of an impact it had on my physiology. Like I, it, it took me, it literally took me time to come down from the, the natural high that I was on from flying. So like I was addicted at that point and, and I knew what I was going to do. And I'm lucky because I still get that feeling today in whatever airplane I get to fly in. Um, of course, you've seen the, the Stearman, the big orange biplane flying over Wausau. I think most people have. Um, that's the airplane that I love to fly the most. And I always tell people when I get that in that airplane and start up that engine, it always feels like the first time. It's it's the greatest it's the greatest feeling in life that you could have. And, you know, think back to whatever did it for you. Um, that's what does it for me. John, thank you so much for spending the time and sharing that with us. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on. And um, if you ever want me back again, I'd be happy to do it. I would love to have you back. All right. This is Route 51. I'm Shireen Seward. Extending one more time a sincere thanks to our guests, John Schmiel, Ezra Wall, and Joy Ratchkramer assisted in producing this program. Thanks to John Altenberg for the Route 51 theme. You can hear the archive of today's program, as well as our previous programs at wpr.org slash Route 51 and on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to Wisconsin Public Radio. Mm-hmm.